This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 60 of a Clean Skate podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. I want to start off this week by wishing Essel Lindell a very happy birthday. I thought it was only right to wish our stalwart defender a birthday wish considering his birthday was just a few days ago. So happy birthday, Essa. That is awesome to see. And now I know that there has been talk about hockey coming back and it seems like we will eventually have hockey back. However, as of right now, if hockey doesn't come back by June 1st, we are going to have one more podcast after this one, and then we will be done for a little bit until, you know, hockey returns. I've been hearing talk about the 24-man system and stuff like that. I don't want to talk about it too much because we do talk about it in a little bit of detail with the awesome, awesome guests, and that's guests plural, on this week's podcast so hang tight for that one so there is going to be this podcast you're listening to now then one more and then if hockey doesn't come back i'll take a little bit of a break and then don't worry there will be another podcast once hockey does officially return and we'll get back right into talking about all the awesome stuff that is going on around the league we are having a lot of awesome stuff going on in our all-star lineup. Uh, we are coming to an end. The centers have finished. The right wingers have finished. The defensemen have completely finished. Uh, congratulations to Daryl Sider and Miro Heiskanen for winning the final two spots for the defensemen there. Our goaltenders just are beginning their second round. They were doing a tiebreaker between Andy Moog and Anton Hudobin, and it seems like Andy Moog is going to take it away, and the second round for goalies will start. And the finals for the left-wingers are underway and almost done. So if you guys want to vote on who should be the top four wingers, left-wingers there, you guys should get on to at Cleanscape Podcast to follow and vote for your favorite players. This week, like I said, we are going to touch on the 24-man team a little bit later with the guests, so I don't want to take up any more time. I want to get us right over to the good stuff, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, I just want to pop in and talk about my friends at Southern Scholar. Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company based in Dallas. In fact, their founder still plays hockey several times a week in the local beer leagues in Dallas. They're a menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription or their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world, seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks to get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. 
Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you'd shop their collection without a subscription. Either way, you'll be saving money using code THPN. That's THPN like the Hockey Podcast Network. And guys, I just want to say I have a couple pairs of these and man, they look so good. And then you just put them on. They are engineered to form fit your foot and leg and to stay up on your calf all day. So if you're wearing dress pants, you don't have to worry about reaching down to pull up your socks because they've started to scooch down and they feel uncomfortable. These things fit well. They look amazing. And I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I have. All right, and this week on what hopefully is becoming a dying uh, series of COVID collaborations, uh, we've got uh, the entire set. Uh, We had John on last time, but now we have Kyle as well of the Oil Country Podcast. So welcome to the show, boys. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. And so, guys, I think we should start off with the the fresh set here on the table. And hockey might be coming back here soon. Uh, I saw the tweet from uh, Sportsnet, and I think a bunch – I mean, it seems like we're going to be moving towards a 24-team style here. And hockey's coming back. So, first off, feelings on hockey coming back. Oh, just in general, man, I couldn't be more stoked. I'm, I'm so, so bloody excited. Sorry, my voice is always so crappy, so it's probably sounding monotone here. But no, I'm so stoked. It is, uh, it's nice that we're at least, you know, making some progress here as the, the COVID thing is getting a little bit more, I don't want to say settled down, but a little more concrete and moving towards some NHL playoffs, which obviously as Oilers and Stars fans, we're, you know, we've got a ton of reasons to be excited for it. Yeah, I don't know if it's settling down, but it's more just like people are becoming accepted with it. I don't know what you're doing with your camera there, John, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as for like the, the tournament happening, I, I mean, it's a battle royale of teams. How could you not be excited as a hockey fan? Um, a- as a human being, I'm a little bit concerned and hope that they take the proper precautions and all that going into it. But I, I'm beyond excited to see it happen. Um willing with how they they set up the playoff structure right i know me and john had a huge talk on our podcast that will be coming on a monday there too just like it'll be five games or seven games or three games or whatever the structure is it's not confirmed yet so that's still in talks right 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 um so i mean it looks like i mean like you said there we, we don't really know the full details of the exact structure but what has been thrown around here is the stars would have a bit of a buy and the Edmonton Oilers would play the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round. So first off, I want your thoughts on potentially meeting the Blackhawks in a series. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's uh, This is such an atypical situation, obviously, with, with everybody. you know, This is going to be kind of maybe even a once-in-a-lifetime NHL playoffs. But not to sound like the too salty of Oilers fans, but obviously being like second we – or you know, we were second in the division – um, so not getting that by as that slotted is a little bit of a piss off. But on the flip side, I think we could, uh, I think we could have a good series against Chicago and assuming we win, I think that could be an advantage because I'm not, I'm curious what Kyle thinks, but I, I personally, I'm not concerned that Chicago is going to mess us up physically. Like, I don't think they're going to, you know, rough and, and rough us up in that sense. 
So I think we should be fairly healthy coming out of that. It's just, you know, obviously the, the, the condition of if, if we actually win that series, which is I, a I think, I think for the most part, like you're actually out of the positive if you're not a buy team. Um, again, I don't know hundred percent confirmed on what it's supposed to be. Uh, the most recent thing I've heard is that the buy teams are actually going to be playing for their positioning of where they slot in against the rest of the teams too. So they're actually playing for something, but I've also heard that it's going to be kind of preseason meaningless games. Right. So maybe going into that like real first series against Boston or Dallas, whoever those teams are, you going in with having an actual fight under your belt, you're going to come in and, and be in a better place than those teams that had the buy. Right. So, so that's definitely a concern that, um, I would be worried about going in, but as for Edmonton playing Chicago, like I, I would, I would have liked most other teams than having to play for Chicago. I think that's definitely a tough one. They're they're deep. They've had cup runs in their history uh, very recently, obviously, so they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. The the one thing I'd like to see change though with it um, is that if you lose that first round, you know, if Edmonton was to lose against Chicago, for example, right, we would get Chicago's pick. I think that's the only way that that makes that fair. Like how fair would it be if Chicago was to beat Edmonton, make it into the playoffs when they shouldn't have even really been there in quotations, you could fight. Right. And all of a sudden they still get seventh overall pick or whatever it is. Right. So classic Oilers fans looking for draft picks. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, a lot of the concern also I've heard is teams have been pushing for longer series because like Pittsburgh was upset because they didn't want three series of Carey Price. And then I saw that Edmonton was among the teams that were also kind of upset about it. I was like, really? That kind of seems kind of weird because they don't want uh, a three-game series versus Patrick Kane. And so I thought, thought that was kind of, sort of weird because out of anyone, I don't want a series against Connor McDavid. So Yeah, that's so very true. I, I get the goalie <laughs> thing. Like, Carey Price, a goalie can absolutely take yeah, over oh, the game I, more I get, so than a player can. I get can, the goalie but, thing, but then I saw that yeah. Edmonton was also mad because they get Pat, they have to play Patrick <laughs> Kane, and so I thought that was interesting. So does that concern you then? Does, are you concerned about a three-possible uh, game series? I would be Patrick concerned Kane? with any team I was, really. Like, hockey's just too random of a game to go off three games, right? Any team could be beaten that quick. I mean, it, it happens in seven-game series still, right? So, yeah, I, I would think that five games is, like, the happy – middle ground where it's not just a gloss over series but actually means something still yeah i'm, I'm with you especially with, with chicago i'm super stoked that they traded uh leonard sorry i keep saying stoked that's my like word of the day i guess I'm that's your word every day today. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean you're right about leonard though if leonard them trading leonard uh they are less dangerous because i like you said goalies I definitely can steal series. So, and he's someone that could. And and they're voodoo. I mean, maybe Corey Crawford decides to turn the dial back and and have the series of his life against us. I mean, that that's the thing. Like Kyle said, with the, with the game being so random, and you know, a goalie standing on his head can have such a big impact. I completely get. You know, I know you guys agreed with me, but alluding back to Pittsburgh, like I would not want to be them going against Carey Price in a three or a five game series. And I know like off the top of my head, I don't know if the stats back me up here, but it seems like Pittsburgh typically is one of those teams that really struggles early on in the season and like after breaks more so than other teams. So they're, they're one that I'd be worried about to begin with. Like, I I don't think this is going to serve them any favors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, so, but do you feel it's fair that Edmonton was mad about maybe a three-game series versus Patrick Kane when they hold Connor McDavid? Yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't no. think Edmonton should really. I, really I mean, they play. have no argument to it, but I mean, again, it's just the randomness to it. That's the. Yeah, the I, fairness, I think right? they yeah. can be yeah. against the three games. I don't, I don't think like using, oh, Patrick Kane as a game changer, even though he definitely can be, I don't think that's necessarily like, a, it feels yeah. like a cop out kind of. It's a bullshit example. Sorry, if, I don't know if you swear on your show. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so then, obviously, looking ahead, I mean, in the future, we don't know playoff format or, or you know, whatever we want to call this format yet, really. And so we, we don't know if it's going to be Edmonton, Chicago. It probably will be. But And then all things moving forward, there is a potential here for an Edmonton Stars matchup in a – second round so 90s flashbacks how how, what are your initial thoughts about that possibility honestly the 90s flashbacks are like already coming so in that sense i'm gonna sound like a a little bit of a pansy even oilers fan here and be like really scared but i mean i think dallas has got a like you guys have a decent team and i think it just really I don't know. It depends on a lot of factors. I hate to keep like, copping out and going back to, to goaltending, but I really think that's like a big question mark for the Oilers with this break. We had two goalies that had kind of been, you know, stepping up in, in different points of the season. And it's just like, does one of those guys actually get hot um, throughout the playoffs? But I mean, against Dallas specifically, again, goalie, man, I'm, Ben Bishop worries me. I'm that's not a goalie. I like facing in the second round of the playoffs by any means. Um, I don't know, like, do you guys, do you, I don't mean to like flip this question back on you, but do you guys think you have like the, the depth and the offensive firepower needed in front of Bishop to like really make a run right now? So I think, I think that is the big factor here is, is you were mentioning it is you're not sure about the Oilers goaltending. And so I'm not very sure about the stars scoring. Um, mm-hmm. It has come alive in playoffs. Uh, I think playoff Rupe hints, and we've never seen playoff Gurianov. Um, and you know, then we also have the potential. You, I mean, Sagan always has that potential to just, I'm going now, just as yeah. you know, like, like McDavid or Dryside, I think he has that, that ability to take over a game. And we saw in the games that the Stars and Oilers played earlier, they've all been down to overtime one goal games, um, other than the one uh, eventual, it was sort of a, a comeback win for the Stars in overtime there. But, but they've all been one, one goal game. So it's can the Stars' offense get past the Oilers' defense? I think it, it, will the Oilers be able to keep the Stars out of their net enough? Because I think if it's one of those things where the Stars, you know, are, are getting chances and just Mike Smith is playing well and – then you guys put two, three by us, which you have the potential to do with the firepower. That it's mm-hmm. that that's just then then it's over. Uh, if we if we can't get those two goals that we need a game, I, it's going to be hard. And especially with the offense, I mean, we have goaltending that could completely shut it down, but you have the the offense that could say we don't care who you have in net, we're going to score goals. Absolutely, and it's it's. That's an interesting point because, I mean, having that kind of vice versa strengths and weaknesses flipping back and forth, it does kind of have the makeup, assuming that we do meet, to have a really good series. Like that could be just an absolutely epic 
game six, game seven series. So that, that's exciting to me for sure. And I think both teams have a lot of bite to them, a, a lot of snarl. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't want to see Jamie Ben and Zach Cassian meet in the corner. Like, that's just going to be dirty. And so I think they both have that, that edge and that grit to it. That I think you're right. If, if it goes, if we meet in that second round and it's like a full seven games, that would just be a, a clash if, it, if it's tight. Because if, you know, like offense or goaltending fall off, either way, it could also be a route. Do you think the with the Stars fans, do they hold on to the 90s series like the Oilers do, or it's not as substantial because, I mean, not to rip on or my own team, but they just, you guys have made the playoffs a lot more regularly than we have. Um, I, you know, I, I think you always enjoy playoff wins. It, it, mm-hmm. It's hard to not look back on playoff wins fondly. Um, uh, we won a cup uh shortly after um so i mean yeah i i think i don't i don't think they look back on them as as i don't know i think oilers fans look back on those series with a lot more like we were the underdogs every time and it was a fight down to the nails whereas whereas stars fans are like (laughs) it was a playoff series win that was cool yeah Similar to how we as Oilers fans look at like the Shark series compared to like the Duck series when we made it in 17. Yeah. Maybe exactly. not identical, but yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Kyle, what do you think about the like the Stars versus Oilers potential series? Like I, I think you, you made a really good point there, Michael, just with all those one goal games throughout this year. And when you had asked me that question, I had regretted not looking back at our season series. I do remember, you know, a couple of very close games, but I didn't realize it was literally like all of them like that. Yeah. Uh, I, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know who you were asking there. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I was yeah, you. <laughs> the downside of a Zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I mean, man, like all the teams that have the buys, right? Like they're all gonna be tough teams. Dallas I mean, I, I feel like there's they're still they're they're kind of like in that position of us a little bit further ahead, right? Where they're still clicking, they have a little bit more complete roster than us. Uh defensively talented beyond belief right uh i think the last time we talked to you michael like that's pretty much our highlight that we brought up was to your heiskanens and and whoever else right and i mean like yeah i i'm worried about that offensive defensive battle there um but personally i'd I'd rather play you than like the avalanche or st louis but i don't say that being like it's going to be an easy battle i think it's easily going to go to seven games and it's going to be a war the entire time um, I think that's yeah. the thing, especially when you look at the, the division standings too. When I was looking at teams, like I would have no problem playing Vancouver right now. Yes. Like yeah. at, at all whatsoever. Yeah. But when you look at Vegas, Dallas, St. Louis, and Colorado, and I would put Edmonton if you're not an Oilers fan, I think those are the teams that if I'm like just objectively looking in the Western Conference, first round, I, I, if I can help it, I don't want to play any of those teams. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I, and I think I, I think you hit it on the head, Kyle. Where I'd even throw Vegas in there. Like I think those three of that was going to be yeah, Vegas, the next one too, right? I mean, all of them, like and, and Colorado. But I mean, saying that too, like any team, team, I don't want to play. Like just to throw Dallas in there and say that they're they're not there too, right? I mean, that's all four teams, right? Like I don't want to play any of them. Uh, yeah, it, it, like it's going to be a war no matter what. Like I, I I'm not looking forward to any of them as much as I am to right. Um, it's going to be so weird with no fans 
like assuming there's no fans. I just, I don't know why I hadn't really thought of that. Like the, all this hype of coming out with the, this proposal and everybody's all in on that. Not to be a bummer, but it's just going to be weird with no fans. So Edmonton is infamous for like flooding their streets. Like they, they are, they are potential like oh, yeah. riot-esque. So how do you feel the Ed, like the city of Edmonton would take uh, that sort of playoffs? Like, I honestly, I hope that COVID is to the point where we don't have to have restrictions because if, if the Oilers win, like say two series, you're not going to be controlling. Like there's, there's no way you're going to be, Hey, only have gatherings of 15 people. Like don't go to bars and don't make sure you continue to social distance. Like that's just not going to be possible on game nights. In my opinion, I how, do, some how, do bar, how do bar owners not reopen? Oh, I yeah. Mean, they get, like they that, get fined like crazy not to, but I mean, yeah, like I mean, I'm feeling the same thing here in Montreal too, right? Like what happens if Montreal gets passed around with Pittsburgh, like we just talked about, right? Like that Goldie Stone in them. I mean, people here and, and we're in the epicenter of Canada. I was going to, I think it's easy. Like I, I don't, maybe Montreal will be just as bad for all I know, but I feel like since their numbers are worse COVID wise. I, well, I, I, mean, I think my, they'll be smarter in general where Edmonton's pretty low in numbers. But I mean, dude, my point is right now is like I, I live in Montreal downtown and everybody's treating it like it's everyday life. Like, you know, right. they might move to the side of the sidewalk for you when you walk by, but there's still, you know, a thousand people in the park downtown hanging out like it's an everyday situation. Like it's, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Gonna yeah, it's going to be a weird situation. Markets, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so how do, how do you feel about then the fact that, you know, people watching it on TV, they're going to like pipe in the fan noise? I, <laughs> I think you have to just because I think it would be so weird if you didn't. Well, and what would get heard too? Right? Oh my God. That that's that's almost have what, to mute it. That's what I think would be so much fun about it. Cause you would just hear, oh, love it. just hear playoff. <laughs> mic'd oh. up hockey like all you hear is the ice and all these grown men just absolutely just swearing hey, and michael i i honestly wish and i've been saying for years like i would pay you know 250 dollars, 350 dollars, whatever they want the price to be to have like a mature rated no commentary hockey stream and just put it as an add-on to you know nhl like uh, center ice or whatever so you can hear everything on the ice. Or, or they just have the normal mics like in the corners and stuff like you can hear the stick chops and just calling for the puck and all that right but no mm-hmm. commentary like i would love that i would pay like you know whatever they want for it really but but, but yeah do you, if they could do you do that, worry do you worry then if they do that that like sometimes you know people get angry and they say some see, pretty see the thing is is that i feel like if you were asking for like the mature rated version it'd just be like signing up for the hbo right like how do you complain when they're yeah. saying f-bombs and stuff on on game of thrones it's not, and showing the, it's not the f-bombs it's like the like it's the it's, the, it's is yeah the issue. yeah it's like the not socially acceptable politically correct slurs yeah yeah um not that i think there's no solution like to that other than yeah. you just can't say it right which is kind of and impossible to do the, in the heat of the moment so i think it would be pretty rare because the players would know right like they know they're they're much more audibly not visible but clear and they can be made out in that sense so i think they'd have to be more careful but yeah in the heat of the moment who knows what slips though. otherwise so, like still have a delay and 
beep out what you need to, but let, you know, most swears fly, but keep it somewhat modern. I don't know, man. But I mean, I would love to see that happen. Like it, it's, it's obviously just not going to, but I, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. The, that fake fan noise is, you know, not assuming they pipe in the sure. fan noise, are they like allowed to pump it up to playoff levels? Like, cause they record wait, 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 your this peak, is, right? Can the, can the players hear it? I don't think so. Okay, yeah, it's oh, just on okay. TV. So yeah, the, yeah. So yeah, it's just no, on TV. It's okay. just on yeah, TV. You... Sorry, blonde moment. That makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, like, that was a really stupid dude? question. Like, <laughs> Wait, I think the, crank I, it up to the away team head. and just can't even focus right now? <laughs> oh, my advantage. Just all these, like, phantom voices coming from, like, throughout the empty blue Boys, I don't, so I don't know how we got so off track here. I don't know what has happened. This is what happens with John and Kyle, honestly. We just, this is what we do. I was like, I'm, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, Recent, this last week here, uh, the two teams collectively uh, lost an absolute legend. He didn't die. He did just retire. Alish Hemsky. Uh, so I just want to talk about my man for a little bit. Uh, I, I'm a fan of both teams, as you guys both know. So I have a ton of Hemsky moments. Um, he obviously started in Edmonton. He ended up down here in Dallas a little while later. So I just want to – your thoughts on Al Shemsky. Man, it, it's one of those things – he's one of those guys that's similar to Ryan Smith, just got us through some really dark times. And I don't mean to focus on the negatives, but it's just like he made Oilers hockey fun to watch even during their dog shit years. Um, so I think just like – sentimentally i think he'll always kind of have a place in oilers fans hearts and just such a creative player and one of the things looking back on his career i'm really curious about is obviously we we had like the 06 run but if you really put like a complete team and a complete lineup around him i'm curious what more of an impact he could have had and i you know when tsn was going around um, a couple weeks ago and they were doing their like all-time Oilers teams. I don't know if they, I don't think they did the American teams, but I think the third line was Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hemsky. Oh, and I'm just like, God. oh man, oh, my the, God. the filthy goals that would be scored with that trio would be just insane. But I'll, I'll always remember, um, sorry, I'm completely blanking. Was that, that was against Dallas with the Stefan goal. I was Stephen just was, about right? to bring that yeah, up. Okay, that's that easily like that, my that, biggest that's, that's, obvi- that's mine. That's mine. And it's against my team even. I mean, yeah. that is, I remember that goal call. That's infamous. Oh yeah. I, I not to, sorry, to get sidetracked or make it about me. I, I have such a vivid memory. I was in a Banff uh, on a ski trip with my dad and we were like late in the hotel room. And I remember just absolutely like losing my mind, freaking out with him. So sorry, random sidebar. <laughs> okay. Kyle just doesn't say anything. You leave me hanging. <laughs> I thoroughly regret sharing that story. You're welcome. Uh, I, I mean, like, like John knows, right. I, I really got into hockey. Um, well, not hockey, but the Oilers specifically kind of with that 2006 cup run um, just because I had, a lot of friends that were close to me in high school that loved the Oilers and I fell in love with them with them. Um, So yeah, Hemsky meant a lot to me really because he was one of the first Oilers that I knew. And, and that empty net goal happened, what, like a year after that went on. So, I mean, I, I remember that goal vividly him just being there when I came into the league as a fan. Um, Obviously I'll remember him, but, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know what to say about him specifically other than he, like just John said, carried us through a lot of dark times where, uh, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get through it until now, a decade later, but he, he was there for us when we needed him. Yeah. I mean, like we, you guys said that the Stefan goal is, is, is my big one. Like just, it, it's against the, it's like perfect. It's against the stars yet. It's like such a, like the move he pulls to, to, you know, pull him out. Like he pulls him out of his pants. And, and then, I mean, he bought the guy misses the empty net. It, it's, it's incredible. And, and Hemsky uh, obviously played here later on in the, you know, near the end. And he had some injuries near the end as well, which shortened his time here. Um, but uh, he was always, it was always, um, there were moments where like he would make some moves around some guys or he'd have like a shot and you, you could just see it and you're like, he's still got it. So uh, I just, I thought we, we'd, we'd come together and uh, talk about uh, an absolute beauty and uh, I'm, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, definitely. I think the, one of the things that you just kind of jogged my memory on too, when I, when I think of Hemsky, it wasn't that he was, you know, like an all around superstar or anything like that, but you know, he's one of those players that would occasionally just come up with that such a creative bang, bang move to make a play. And it's just like, that's something special that most players don't have. And that's what made Hemsky special and just such a fun player to watch. And I mean, I can't have, so I can't have the, the Oilers guys on without talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I have to ask you guys about them. How are you guys feeling about them having this, uh, this time off coming into it? Do, do you think they're going to be a little bit slow? How do you feel they're going to, they're going to take it? Kyle, do you want to go first or is there, are you, are you late throwing this curveball up for me? <laughs> I mean, I can go. I, I really have no worries about McDavid and Drysaddle coming out. I think if anything, they're going to be our leaders going into that locker room and demanding that the rest of them show up for the games when they need to. Um, I mean, John's been to plenty of live games. I've been to a few. I don't know if you've been Michael too, but when you're at the warmups every single time, they're the last ones out on the ice, you know, off practice, they're the last ones out of the ice, you know, like those are our hardest working players. And I know that's, you know, it might be obvious to see with how they've scored points wise. Right. But I mean, they don't just have the skill and just come off the ice, right? Like they put in the work every single day. And I know that they're going to be demanding that from their teammates as well. I, I have not legitimate fears, but just kind of irrational Oilers PTSD fears of the team in general, just not showing up, just have some inconsistency issues in the past. Um, if I was a fan of literally any team in the Western Conference right now, I would be mortified at the version of Dreisaitl and McDavid you're going to get, though. Like, that's, that's one thing I think you look in, like, the minutes Dreisaitl was playing this year, and McDavid was, you know, missed a couple games to injury and also was extremely high minutes, but especially Dreisaitl. I, I think this, as, as bad as it sounds, I think this could be literally have been, like, the best thing for those two guys. I think they're going to be so fresh. And obviously, a lot of star players that log a lot of minutes um, are going to have that benefit of, of recovering and, and kind of coming in with fresh legs and a fresh body. But I think even more so, with especially Dry. And Connor, you know, he's, what, less than a, well, a year removed now of his knee injury. 
So having a little bit more time, not to say that there was any stability issues, but I think just having more time to, you know, he missed that off-season of training. And obviously he's not so much on the ice, but you've got to imagine like these guys aren't just sitting around right now. They're definitely putting work in where they can. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to benefit both of them. And like I said, I would be, if I wasn't an Oilers fan, I'd be genuinely scared of that duo more so than I ever have been. And so what are your guys' feeling then on the whole team in general? Like, like what is a good, obviously we don't know what we're going to get, but do you guys feel like you, you can win it all? Like what's a good season then? How, how do you finish this oh, season strong? Okay, I mean, season-wise, I'm happy where they are right now. You know, heading into this season, we had serious issues about our goaltending. Me and John were kind of battling back and forth of where are we going to finish? Is it going to be a bubble team? You know, are we kind of thinking like we're going to be a 6-7 lock? You know, like where do we feel we're going to fit in, right? And although we felt like we had a good roster, we never felt like we had a contender. And I, I still don't think that we necessarily do. But I think that what we showed over the season and how the team can click together and the way that the bottom six started working together, there's definitely the possibility that through the playoffs here, they're that dark horse team that does click together and plays four full lines that can actually roll on a team, right? Um, yeah, I, I still think that we're a year or two away from being a scary team that I can I can put it all in every year and say that they're going to win. But for right now, I'm, I'm happy with where they are right now. If they come out any round, I'm happy. I think that that's the thing. I, I, I agree to a point where coming into the season and say in the first half, my goal personally, the like bare minimum goal was play meaningful games down the stretch. We were a second seed before the COVID break happened. So bare minimum goal was met already, in my opinion. Um, I thought obviously making the playoffs is great. And if they went a round or two, that was like, that would, that would be an extraordinarily good season for us. Um, as the second half of the season went on, and I think the team kind of started to gel, you saw, you know, there's still some areas for improvement depth-wise for this Oilers franchise and this Oilers team, but they're going in the right direction. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly, but I think we have like seven or eight 10-plus goal scorers this year. Last year, we had like four or five, and one of them was a defenseman. Um, and then obviously two of them are McDavid and Dreisaitl. So just no depth after those guys. Um, and, and now you're starting to see the, our bottom six round out a little bit, the emergence of bear. I mean, I'm with Kyle. I think we're a dark horse contender. I'm not, I'm not going to go, um, you know, suggesting that people throw money on the Oilers and, and the, they're winning the cup this year. But I think, um, I think this team has proven that they can beat, they can hang and they can beat with any team in this league. And who knows? I mean, It'll be a bit of a Cinderella run, but I'm not saying that they're not capable of it. I think if if the what's the cliche I'm looking for? If the if everything comes into place, I think they could easily. I think they could for sure make a run. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to playing hockey and, and just seeing it all back. And and I'm looking forward to see you know just like you said. I think there, there's a lot of different storylines with this whole thing that are going to be really fun to watch. And to be honest, I'm even more glad that we were able to fill like almost all of it talking about hockey. I mean, I didn't have to ask you once about what you watched on Netflix. So, I, yeah. I, so <laughs> or talk about the weather for three minutes. Like, yeah, we do. yeah. you know, yeah. I, I call, 
So I call that a victory. So, so boys, I'm going to start wrapping it up here, but is there anything else uh, you guys want to, want to say? Uh, I'm giving you guys the floor. Um, I think honestly, like, we don't really have anything to promote or anything, but obviously thank you very much for having us just uh, kind of in closing on my end. Um, I think Kyle kind of touched on this at the start. This has the potential to be an absolute bonanza of a playoffs. Like it, it could just be, you know, you, you, we could be telling our kids or our grandkids about this playoff series with COVID and the storylines and stuff like you alluded to there, Michael. And it's, I, I'm just, I can't wait to get it underway. I, I hope they, they do it safely. Um, I'm assuming they will. And yeah, I'm just, I just can't wait. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have anything to say either other than check us out at oil country podcast, oilcountrypod.com and uh, at oil country pod on Twitter. That's it. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Self promo. Well, well, <laughs> well, boys, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I, uh, I hope we, uh, we see you guys in the playoffs. Yeah. If we're, if we'll have to do some more collaborations, if that's the case for sure, yes. definitely uh, appreciate you having us on though. Had a blast. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Thank you. And there it is. Another big thanks to John and Kyle for coming on from the Oil Country Podcast. Again, if you want to follow their podcast on Twitter, that is at Oil Country Pod on Twitter. And the next thing I want to talk about is shaving. So now that sounds like a bit of a weird topic of conversation on this week's podcast, but I want to tell you a little bit of a ritual that I have. When I'm putting on cologne... After I shave, you know, I'm going out somewhere, I will spurt a little bit of cologne, you know, just just down the trousers, you know, just to make it smell good down there, J- just in case. You never know who's going to be sniffing around down there when you go out, so you just got to make sure that it smells good. However, you know, I'm using cologne that's probably not super great. It gets kind of greasy, not good. So if you guys are looking for something that, you know, isn't going to do that, but still gives you that, you know, clean, confident feel, then I think you guys should check out Manscaped. Now, Manscaped is primarily a razor company. They have a ton of really cool products for, you know, the below the belt region. I believe they have ball deodorant for all you guys out there. But the thing you guys really should check out is all their amazing, amazing razors. And the best one you can get right now is Manscaped. 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer, which features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Because the last thing you want to do is nick your nuts. Am I right, fellas? (laughs) There's also, it also comes with a charging stand, a USB port, and it is super easy to use even if you're not the most steady-handed like I am. If you are listening to me speak right now, then you are some of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience firsthand for yourself. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code THPN at manscaping.com. I hope you guys take advantage of the offer and you guys get as much enjoyment out of manscaping as I have. And now I want to talk about a really cool contest that we are doing network-wide. We have been affiliates with CoolHockey.com for a very long time, an awesome place where you guys can get a lot of retro and authentic NHL jerseys. So all you jersey lovers, have you ever needed an excuse to buy a new jersey? Would winning a Cool Hockey gift card be reason enough? 
from May 1st to June 1st, any jersey purchased through our link will automatically enter you into a draw to win a $175 Cool Hockey gift card. All you have to do is go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. Buy the jersey you would probably already have by now, then tell us on Twitter which jersey you ordered so we can connect you with your purchase for the live draw on June 6th. That's it. Anybody who buys a jersey through our link before June 1st will have a shot at a $175 gift card thanks to our friends at CoolHockey.com. Oh, and if you see 10 sold by May 15th, we'll make it a $200 gift card. Make sure you use the promo code THPN for 30% off. One last time, that's www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. And that is going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Like I said, remember, there is only going to be one more episode this month, and then I might take a little break depending on when they expect hockey to come back. And then the podcast will resume once the season decides to finally end with that 24-man team like we talked about. Again, I can't thank Kyle and John enough for coming on. And if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter and be able to vote on the all-star poll that we are doing, because that is coming to a close, we're going to be doing coaches here pretty soon. And then the polls will be completely over. If you guys want to get in on that, that is at Clean Skate Pod again to vote. And I will talk to you, cowpokes, in the next one.